Zane and I to share some stuff about thankfulness this morning. And uh, I think a recognition of thankfulness a lot of the time comes from a recognition of what we didn't have and what we now do. And a recognition of all the frustration that we were carrying around and then the release of that. And so um, throughout a lot of my life, I've dealt with loss. I feel like everyone has dealt with loss through death, through friends leaving, through whatever. And so, like, I was really close to my family growing up, and I'm the youngest of four, and they're all, like, really old, and so they all moved away, and um, they all got married pretty early on, like, by the time I was in, like, middle school, I was, like, an uncle of, like, three, I don't know, I've lost count, Um, but, and then, like, throughout high school, I was just chasing and running after just friendships and and sustenance, because I was running away from church, because my parents had split up, and I was like, you know what? I don't know about the church thing anymore, but like partying and friends, like that's where I, I'm going to find my, my rock. That's, that's where those people are consistent. And then years later, I like, I'm like depressed and suicidal and angry and frustrated. And I graduated high school and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. One of my old youth leaders invites me to Austin to come intern at a nonprofit to mentor um, young adults, mentor teens, high schoolers and middle schoolers. And so there's an ups and downs, you know, like you bring baggage with, with you wherever you go. And so after years of counseling and years of serving, um, last year I was riding a, a spiritual high. I got, just got an associate's from ACC, and I was like, you know what, college is cool. I might go to, like, seminary or whatever the Bible people do. And I was like, and you know what, like, like I'm serving with this nonprofit. Like, they're paying me, like, a few dollars so I can, like, put gas in my car. I thought I was, like, like life was great. And, um... A lot of my friends started getting married. A lot of them started having kids. And a lot of my community um, didn't stop being my community. They just got really busy. And so I got really lonely. I got really frustrated. The next thing you know, I realized that sometimes um, working for a nonprofit in ministry doesn't pay all the pills. And so I was looking for jobs, and just jobs weren't working out, like, left and right. And I was like, all right, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like, God is so good. And then... um, like a lot of like personal friendships, a lot of my friends who I had been discipling, a lot of young adults that I had been leading, they a lot of them turned away from Jesus. A lot of them started doing a lot of stupid stuff, and that was really hard on me because I was like, oh, I'm not a good leader. And so everything kind of just slowly last year started falling apart, falling apart. But and weirdly enough, um, I came home one day, and there was like the maintenance guy came into our house, and he was like, hey, I found some, like, black stuff on your wall. And I was like, yeah, yeah. The last maintenance guy came in and said that wasn't a big deal. And he's like, no, that's, like, black mold. And I was like, never heard of that before. So he was like, we got to clean that up. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I assume so. The last maintenance guy just said it wasn't a big deal. So then he starts, like, cleaning it up. They're painting the walls. And I was like, cool. Like, you know what? At least I won't die from, like, mold. I was like, if I'm broke, if if my car breaks down, like, all this stuff, at least I'm going to be alive in, like, a, a healthy environment. And then I came home one day, and there was, like, caution tape on my door with a note. Um, it said, from the maintenance, said, we've quarantined your room. You can't be in here for a week. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, no, that that sounds horrible. So I, like, packed a bag, and I went to my friend's house, and I forgot to pack a toothbrush, and I didn't pack, like, half the clothes I needed to. And I was sleeping on, like, an air mattress that kept deflating every night in the middle of his living room. And the whole time, like, it was just first couple days I was like it's fine and then like a week later I was like this is dumb like the last thing I had left was like I'm broke I barely have any money I don't even really have a job um my car broke down I was like all I have left is really like my apartment and I can't even be there so there was like this 
this moment where I was just like bawling my eyes out at my friend's house. And I was like, I don't have anything. Like, I don't even have a place to live. I'm living on my friend's living room floor. And then I go to this college ministry night, and one of my friends um, in the beginning, like, opens up the college ministry night. He's like, hey, by the way, Aaron, that was all a prank. We uh, put caution tape up on your door, and we put a note from the the office. And, like, I just want to let you know, like, I don't think it's black mold. Like, you're all good. And I was like, cool. And I started just bawling. And I, like, ran away like I was, like, five. And then he pulled me aside afterwards, and he was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, it's fine but it's not. I was like, don't ever do that again. So like, um, that night I was just sitting in prayer and, um, God reminded me of one little thing. Um, he said, he said, remember like a year ago or a couple months ago when you asked to be completely sold out for me in a worship night at my old church, I went, yeah. And he said, remember when you asked me to take away your money, your clothes, your car, your home, and whatever else was standing in between you and me, I went, uh, Yeah. And he said, it took a couple of months, and you weren't listening for a bunch of it, but it took all of that for me to ask you, am I enough? And my response was, no. And I started crying, and he said, good, now that's where we can start. So for a whole, for years, I was just disrespecting everything God was giving me, and I was like, no, I want that. He was like, no, here's this. I was like, that's cool, but I want this, but I want this, but I want this, but I want this. So I recognized after I went back to my not moldy bathroom um, that we have to be thankful for five, ten-minute showers. We have to be thankful for a couch. We have to be thankful for a kitchen. We have to be thankful for our, our sort of creaky, uncomfortable bed. We have to be thankful for our car that breaks down half the time. We have to be thankful for not having money but having enough to eat. You have to be thankful for having friends that might be too busy to hang out with you more than once a week, but they still text you for a few minutes. Because God never comes at us with a closed hand. He always comes at us with the open hand. And God never does anything less than the utmost of excellence. So God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for answering prayers in sometimes the most frustrating, terrifying ways. Thank you so much for stripping me down to something where I thought I was the least of these, and I was. God, thank you so much for for me asking and you just blowing up my life and my face a year ago, which leads to this now, where I can serve and I can love and I can do exactly what I was created to do. And God, if the rest of my life, if I need to be crashed against the rocks, to be thrown ashore and my ship could be completely destroyed, then I accept it. Because I recognize that this entire life is just a reference for the rest of eternity, God. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. We have Miss Elaine that's going to be playing the flute. We have a couple flautists at Life Church, and we're glad that uh, Miss Elaine uh, said yes to playing today. Um, her sister is here, and I want to dedicate this to her today.
that was awesome. That was really great. Well, yeah, so um, Aaron and I are going to be talking about what we're thankful for recently or what thankfulness is meaning to us right now. And um, for me, I want to talk a little bit about um, over the last year, kind of something that I've recently really learned to be a lot more thankful for, which is, um, you know, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, close to a year and a half, uh, I moved to Austin, fresh out of college, and I've told you guys a bit about this story before. I was working my first job, and I got let go. I've told you a bit about it, how it happened, what I learned from it, all the things that I didn't realize at the time that God was teaching me through it, but what I want to talk about right now, especially during this time of thankfulness, is <coughs> something that I was really shown um, that is a huge, essential part of Jesus' personality, ministry, and mission that. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to before, and that is his empathy. So I moved to Austin, and um, I had one friend when I moved here, and he introduced me to a man named Joe Elliott. Some of you might know Joe. He's a really amazing man. He runs a nonprofit organization that does youth outreach here in the Austin area. And he met me, this new kid in town that he had never met before, and he connected me with my first job in banking. And you guys know some of the middle of that. I was let go eventually. And um, that was, uh, you know, in my 24 years of life, that's so far been the most humiliating experience in my life. Like, I, I didn't know how to react when it happened and what to do for the next, uh, for the next couple months until, until I came here to Life Church. But um, the worst part, I think, uh, leading up to it was I was going to have to go and tell Joe what happened the guy who helped me get this job. And I felt like I had let him down. Like I had, um, like I had hurt his reputation or his word. And I felt just like a failure. And I went to him and I told him all that. And he laughed at me. (laughs) He laughed at me one, because he thought I was overreacting. And two, he was like, dude, I've been exactly there before. The same thing happened to me. That's actually what led me going into full-time ministry. And then over the next few weeks, instead of, you know, having, Instead of people coming and telling me just like, eh, yeah, better luck next time, it was a lot of people saying, no, same exact thing happened to me. I've been right there. It's okay. You'll bounce back. I didn't expect it. Um, I, was, uh, I was just overwhelmed with feelings of, like I said, shame, embarrassment, like a failure. And like, um, you know, at first when everybody was just surrounding me like that, I felt like, a part of me felt like I was getting away with something. <laughs> Like, I didn't deserve all this affection or all this empathy. Um, and um, through all of God's servants in my life, I was really just blown away. Um, I really was. You know, all the stories of people who have been exactly where I am um, and rising above it, you know. And it was through the compassion and the empathy of all those people in my life that I came to more fully see how this, this was a central part of the ministry and the mission of Jesus. In uh, Isaiah 53, verse 3, God's suffering servant is described as despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we didn't care. All throughout the scriptures, particularly in the Old Testament, God's suffering suffering servants have felt this. You can ask Noah, you can ask Job. Like, this is a common thing that God's faithful servants don't go through easy times. In fact, they go through some of the hardest times to follow his word. And not only that, but of course, God himself 
the creator, the almighty, the great I am would come down and he would subject himself to that very same pain a million times over. He would be acquainted with deepest grief. Our backs would be turned on him. And this, guys, this is what I've learned to be thankful for. Because Jesus rescues us from our pain, and in doing so, he validates our pain. Mm -hmm. When Jesus went to see Lazarus, his friend who was sick and dying, he passed away before he got there, and Jesus goes to his feet, and he weeps alongside those who are mourning him. Now, Jesus was just getting ready to bring this dude back from the dead. What's the need for the tears, right? I would think if he was there, he'd just be like, hey, guys, don't worry, I got this. Whip, back to life. But no, he goes to his side. He sees the passing of his friend. He sees the mourning and the devastation of his loved ones. And he feels it as well. Can't help it. He feels our pain. And he validates our pain. He validates our pain because the cross, the single most painful and humiliating act of love ever performed, was worth expunging that pain. It was worth removing everything that stands between you and the love of the Father. For this, we can be forever thankful. For this, we serve a God who cries with us, who weeps with us, who understands our pain, feels our pain, and of course, casts out our pain. Father, thank you. Thank you for... I thank you for weeping with us. Even when no one else does, thank you for giving us people in our lives who do weep with us. Thank you for being a God who created the universe, who's the author of everything we see and yet still, still feels our pain, still empathizes with our struggles and our sorrows. For being a God put himself through an even worse struggle and sorrow just to remove ours and just to better understand ours. God, over this week, as we are reuniting with family, eating good food, mulling over what we're thankful for over the last year, just pray that we'll be reminded of what we're thankful for every day, which is your love and your mercy, and especially for your empathy be thankful for your compassion, for your presence alongside us, physically and emotionally. Thank you, Father. It's in your son's holy and beautiful and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Zane, for that beautiful word. Welcome to Life Church this morning. Happy Thanksgiving week to all of you. Let's stand for a minute. Stand for a minute, greet someone around you, just tell them one thing that you're, well, tell them that you're thankful that they're sitting by you today. Let's do that real quick. bless you this morning. You may be seated. Happy Thanksgiving uh, early to all of you. Fall, it's my favorite season. It's pumpkin everything. Can I get an amen? Pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin everything. I love it. And I love all the beautiful color. Uh, But I'm also thankful 
uh, as Americans, that we take one day out of the year just to pause from all of the Christmas shopping and all the Christmas decorations and just to pause and say thank you. And I'm not sad that we all get a day off of work, hopefully all of you. And of course, being with friends and family and all of the wonderful food that we are looking forward to. And how many know that giving thanks does not come naturally for a lot of people? We tend to gripe and complain about things. Uh, But I believe God wants us to develop an attitude of gratitude today. And not just on Thanksgiving, but it should be a thanks living. It should be a lifestyle of giving thanks. And how many know that a thankful person is a great witness in a dark world? Because how are we going to reach people if we're always down in the dumps and we always have a frown on our face? But how many love to be around people that are positive and and just fun to be around, that's how we're going to reach people. So I'm I'm just, I know Pastor Jeff's going to talk probably a little bit about it, but I was thinking about LaVon this week, and I was telling my mom, I don't think that I've ever met a person that always brings it back to being thankful. It doesn't matter what's going on in her life or, you know, maybe she had aches and pains. We never really knew about it because she didn't talk about it. She was always so thankful And she always uh, made me feel a little guilty. And so I just, I've been praying this week, Lord, let me just be like LaVon. Let me just be thankful. You know, maybe things aren't going well, but I just want to bring it back to the positive. We have it so good. We enjoy so much and we express it so little. So let's start today just having an attitude of gratitude. Amen. So if you're a first time guest today, we are so honored that you're here and uh, worshiping with us. And hopefully you received a guest communication card. And we promise we won't bug you, but we ask that you take a moment in the service, fill that out, and then take it by our guest services table. And we want you to leave with a free gift from us today. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward as we prepare to give our tithe and offering. And how many can say you're so blessed? So blessed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for this beautiful season that we just stop and say thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Uh, You know, Lord, some of us had a choice between what we wanted to wear today. We have plenty of food. Most of us drove cars today. We're just so blessed. So we thank you for salvation and healing that's ours. We thank you for this house, for the people that are here today. God, prosper your people during this season. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you today. I'm so thankful. I think I'm more thankful than most people. Yep. Thankful for my car. I love my car. Yep. I'm thankful that they brought back Twinkies. Yep. Thankful that my phone reminds me of my kids' birthdays. Hashtag close call. Yep. You ever wonder what the Puritans did before they invented Kindles? probably play with dirt. Thankful I'm not a Puritan. Yep. Thankful for my gym membership. I mean, look at me. Yep. 
What are you thankful for? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a God who who loves me unconditionally. Yeah. No, I mean, even when I make a mess of things, he still loves me. Yep. I know. Seriously, I don't think about that enough. I'm really, really thankful for that. I was going to say all that stuff. I just didn't know we were talking about spiritual things. Yep. You make me want to be a better man. Yep. (laughs) Which proves the point. Sometimes things are not as they look. Which brings me to uh, my first announcement. If you have received an email from me, from jeff.lifechurchrr, that is not me. Do not buy gift cards to give to that person and do not give them money. It is not me. So if you get one of those emails, I have actually turned them in to Google. They are doing some research on it. That is not your Pastor Jeff. If I'm asking for money, I'll come to your face or I'll give you a phone call. But I will not send you an email. Do not respond and block them if you know how to block them because that is not Pastor Jeff. Just FYI. A few of you did receive, and, and evidently what they did is they made up this email about Life Church, and, and they know some of your names, and they know that even with some of you who are married and you kept your last name, they, they knew how to put people together. So um, uh, we may have to go to the police on this one. We don't know. But at this point, do not respond. Okay? All right. Sometimes things are not as they seem, just like you saw in the video. And, of course, you heard Kim talk about LaVon. She did pass away yesterday. And uh, her daughter said, her daughter Barbara said that she went very peacefully. And she said, I'm crying so hard because I loved her so much. And it's really tough. Please pray for their family. Uh, I saw her on uh, Monday. And I talked to her, and she, she was very weak. She did recognize me. And she said, oh, pastor, she said, it's so good to see you. And I said, it's good to see you. And she said, you know, I'm not long on this earth. I, I know my time is short. But she said, I'm ready. And she said, and I'm ready to see Frank again. I miss that man. <laughs> so even at the end of the days of her life, it was so sweet to hear her and to talk with her. And I prayed with her and said, Lord, we just place her in your hands. We asked how old she was, and she likes to kid about it. This time she said she was 96.75 years old. <laughs> Barbara said she, she was like a young teenager who always wanted to be older than they were now that she was in her 90s. Her birthday would have been in January. She would have been 97. She lived a great life. We... Sorry. We will miss a wonderful lady of God. Okay. There, there will be a celebration service, but her daughter said uh, it will be after the holidays, possibly in January. 
and we want to celebrate Levon. Also, to all of you who are on our dream team, December the 15th. Everyone say December 15th. December 15th. We're having a dream team party. So if, if you are a greeter, if you are a usher, Sunday school teacher, you work with the music department, the media department, the security, what, whatever capacity that you're helping, you and your spouse are invited to come. And if you don't have a spouse and you want one, invite somebody to come with you. It's free. It's free. So what we need you to do is to sign up after church on the table, the guest services table. There's a sign-up sheet. Those that did not sign up last Sunday, you can also sign up online at info at livechurchrr.com. By the way, it's 30 days till Christmas as of today. I'm just here to be a helper. I'm just an encourager. So I want you to be encouraged today. And uh, I want you to know that uh, before all of the Black Fridays, although it's kind of started already, hasn't it? And all of the hectic lifestyle that will happen uh, possibly starting this Friday, we want to take a few moments and we want to give thanks. And we want to, and, and before we start opening up gifts, unlike certain people in our church, I won't mention their names, but it's Dave and Elaine, who open their gifts early. They're worse than the kids, I'm telling you. And you can tell them I said that too. But before all this begins to happen, uh, we want to stop and we want to give thanks. And this is what we have been talking about this month is legacy. Legacy season of Thanksgiving. We told you about the story in the Bible about extravagant love and how this young woman at the feet of Jesus poured out a year's wages worth of oil and possibly that smell would have been with him even to his burial. She was caring. She was a contributor. And she created a lasting legacy. And Jesus said, whenever you speak the gospel, you will preach about her. You will speak what she had done. Unlike Judas who wanted to to take the oil and sell that year's wages and get the money for it, and he wanted to steal it for himself. He was a controller. He was a complainer. He was a consumer. A big difference between the thought process of Mary and of Judas. Mary gave an extravagant gift that would be remembered forever. Then we talked about the joy of legacy. Legacy is what people will remember once you are gone. Our scripture was Psalm 112, 5 and 6, if you want to turn to your handout. Psalm 112, 5 and 6, or your Bibles. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. So it's not just about your money, it's about your time as well. Surely he will never be shaken, even though your entire world may feel like it's shaking around you, you will not be shaken as a righteous man will be remembered forever. And we have been talking this month of different ways that we could be part of a legacy, a season of giving. And the first thing that I want to remind you, and this will be my last time, I want you to give to the 
Agape Pregnancy Center. I went, this is $100 worth of clothes, believe it or not. And I was able to purchase and, and fight all of the pregnant women there at Once Upon a Child for the clothes. They won most of the time. I did find a few. But we want to show God loves these babies. And we're grateful that they chose to keep these babies. Pretty cool, huh? I'm ready. Not for me. Grandchildren. Also, that is next Sunday. Bring in blankets. Bring in clothing. Bring in toys. We'll have a manger set up, and we will bring our gifts of baby items at the manger next Sunday. Also, we told you that you could be a part of something real exciting. It's called Random Acts of Kindness. At the guest services table, you took over 500 of these. And I'm believing for November and December, as we pay for someone's coffee behind us at Starbucks, and we make sure there's only one person in the car instead of 10, it will be less expensive that way. You're going to make somebody's day. Or maybe you're at the McDonald's fast food line. You could pay for someone's meal as well. Hand this to the person taking the money and say, I want to buy the, the person's meal behind me. Would you please give them this card? And it says on there, something extra to show you, God loves you. And it has the church information on the other side. I want people to know by our giving and what we can do to make a difference in the world. We love God. We love people. How do we do it? We make a difference. So you can be at a restaurant today and give a crazy fat tip to this person that's serving you and make their day. Also, we have Heart for the House offering that will be December the 15th. Heart for the House. I want to bless Louis Noriega, who works with our, our youth there in San Antonio. It's called Youth for Christ. And we want to bless his ministry. I want, I want to bless so many people. We, we have a lot of needs at the church. You can give a Christmas gift to Life Church. That'll be December the 15th. Also, Christmas at the movies. We have these invite cards. And in the month of December, I want you to invite an unchurched friend to come with you. And we are going to talk about some of the Christmas movies and show some biblical truths that actually go along with that. And you have an opportunity to bring somebody to church with you. And you can do it by giving them one of these. They are at the guest services table. Christmas at the movies. In fact, we have a short video for you. I want to show you what this will be about.
So invite somebody with you next Sunday. We're going to have a great time with some Christmas movies, with sharing some biblical truth. I want us to serve God out of passion. Serve God out of passion instead of obligation. It's a huge difference. Serving God should be a delight and not a duty. Come on, somebody. So how in the world do we get a legacy heart? I believe it's when you define the why. Why did you come to church today? Was it obligation or was it passion that you came expecting God to do something great as you worshipped Him? You've got to define the why. Because when you lose your why, you can lose your way. Why did I marry this person? The why. Maybe it's time to date them again. So when I lose my why, I lose my way. And real quickly, I want to remind you, we get to give because, number one, Jesus gave to us first. Aren't you glad he did? Matthew 10 and 8, the Bible says, You have been treated generously, so live generously. The second thing we talked about, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Giving is just fun. It was fun getting all this stuff. It was so much fun. And I looked in, and I, I was looking at the price and I said, it, it is even more better. There are baby blankets that are brand new with the tags on them. This was $4.50 for one, two, three, four, five. Five pieces of clothing. Surely you can give up a Coke and a coffee this week and go buy at least one baby garment because it is not the children's fault that they were born. And Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, my brother, you have done it as unto me. So let's, let's get involved. Let's, let's take these random act of kindness cards and do something nice for somebody. Some of you have, have been doing it for years. I know there are people that are sitting in our church that look for the homeless at Thanksgiving and Christmas and take them to eat. I think that's awesome. Let God use you. It's more blessed to give. It's it's fun to pour yourself into someone else and watch how great life can be. Also, I'm in covenant with God and with you. The Bible says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. We told you that none of us are as good as all of us. But if all of us will get involved and all of us next Sunday come and bring some baby clothes I'm going to tell you, you're going to have the time of your life and we're going to do so much more through all of us than if it was just one of us. Amen? I really, here's the next point, I really do believe in the vision of the church. I told you that the local church is the hope for the world. I want you to remember that 80%, 80%, I want to make sure you understand, of Hurricane Harvey relief came from Christians. 80%. Wow. The church, the local church is the hope for the world. And this is my favorite one. One day we will get to hear Jesus say, well done. Well done. I love that. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 
In Revelation chapter 22 and 12, it says that Jesus is coming back. And notice this. His reward is in his hand. He is a rewarder. The Bible says he is a rewarder. And that word reward, if you look it up, it means give back. I love that. God is going to repay you probably good measure, pressed down and shaken together more than what you actually gave. Because he's a rewarder. He is a giver. For God so loved the world, he gave. He's a giver. I want to remind you, there is more to this life than this life. Never forget that. There is more to this life than this life. As I close, and we're going to get ready to take communion together, and Justin, if you get ready on the keys first, this, uh, this book that I read, it's by Ellie Weisel. It was probably one of the hardest books that I've ever read. He was a survivor in some of the Nazi concentration camps that, that were in the 40s. And he was a young teen at the time. And when, when you read these stories, it's, it's so amazing. It's horrific what they went through. And there's a foreword by Franz Wells Muyaka. And I think this is so amazing. I want to read just a few lines of, of the foreword. And it says this. On that horrible, horrible day, even among all the other bad days, when this child, and he's talking about Ellie, this child witnessed the hanging, yes, the hanging of another child who, he tells us, had the face of a sad angel. He heard someone behind him begin to groan, and it was another young person For God's sake, where is God? Ellie said, from within me, I heard a voice answer. Where he is, this is where. Hanging here with us at this gallows. And he goes on to say this. What did I say to him? Did I speak to him of another Jew, this crucified brother that's called Jesus, who perhaps did die on a cross and yet conquered the world? Did I explain to him what had been a stumbling block for his faith had become a cornerstone for mine? And he goes on to say, that is what I should have said to this Jewish child, Ellie. But he said, all I could do was embrace him and weep. Because God was in the hanging of the gallows. He was crying the tears, just like what you heard earlier through Zane. He was crying in the tears that were being shed And he was in the embrace. 
You see, sometimes we have to show God's love so people can know God's love. Did you catch that? The missionaries say it all the time. It's hard for them to know Jesus loves the little children when they're starving to death. So we feed them first to let them know God loves them. We show them so they can know him. I I pray this church 